Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. Claudia O'Dord is my next guest this week. She is, as you're about to hear, an extremely funny person. She's from Sydney, Australia. She was a writer on Inside Amy Schumer, a regular on the Netflix show Love. She has her own brand of comedy that you might describe as cheerfully deranged, sort of like a kinder, gentler, adult swim bizarreness. That means stand-up sets sponsored by the National Chair Association, videos recorded from home while under house arrest, and a fake news magazine piece about women in magic and whether they're witches. And we've got her here today. It's Lydia Croman. Ooh, you must be so nervous. Did you ever think you'd get to be on TV? Oh, uh, well, I've actually already been on TV. Um, I asked a question on Question Time. Oh, were you asking when they were going to outlaw burning witches at the stake? I think it's already illegal to burn people at the stake. Oh, sorry, people. Witches are people. You are a person. I'm not a witch. Um, I'm an entertainer and professional medium. I'm actually one of the top 15 corporate entertainers within a 60-mile radius, and I'm going to be going on Is your husband a wizard? Claudia's latest project is called Killing It. It's a sitcom streaming on Peacock that's summed up pretty neatly in the tagline, class, capitalism, and one man's quest to achieve the American dream. That one man is Craig, played by Craig Robinson, Daryl from The Office, and Doug Judy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He's an out-of-work security guard with a nearly surefire plan for business success. All he needs is capital. And after getting turned down for a loan from pretty much every bank, he finally catches a brick. He's got a good meeting with a loan officer in an hour, and he hustles out the door. Only, his car's busted, so he opens up an app and hails a ride. Enter Jillian G., played by my guest, Claudio Adored. You don't have to worry. I'm not one of those weird Uber drivers that doesn't talk. Okay. Are you from around here? Yes. I'm from Australia. Have you ever seen the movie Grease? Yeah. Well, here's a little secret for you. Olivia Newton-John is from Australia. Sandy? She played Sandy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know each other. Have you ever heard of Nicole Kidman? Oh, I'm sorry, I gotta take this. She's Australian too. <laughs> Claudia O'Doherty, welcome to Bullseye. It's it's nice to see you. Thank you so much, Jesse. It's so nice to be here. Is that your understanding of what it is to be Australian in America? Just a list of Australian people. A hundred percent. That's how I've made a lot of friends. <laughs> you just you get you get a meeting with your agent by saying that you know Yahoo Serious. Exactly. I mean, I actually do sort of know Yahoo. No, Sirius. you don't know Yahoo Serious. I don't know him very well, but he was my dad's band did play the song that was like the song at the end of Young Einstein. You know, he plays rock and roll music. Yeah. And my, it was actually That's my, how he's different from the old Einstein. Exactly. One of several ways. <laughs> yeah. That's how he separates himself from his dad. Yeah, the I think so. The original Einstein. Yeah. I don't remember it that well. I remember the pie full of kittens. But um, 
that's my Yahoo Serious connection. Wait, so did Yahoo Serious ever come over to your house when you were a kid? I'm yeah, sorry that this is all I Yahoo Serious stuff. I think he did. Stuff. Yeah, I think he did. I mean, I think my parents are still friends with him, but they're definitely still friends with his ex-wife. Yeah, that rules. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations on that, Claire. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. So the first time I saw you perform was in Scotland, in Edinburgh, Holy at one of the moly. Edinburgh festivals. Yeah. Um, and you were working mostly in uh, in England at the time, I, I think. Yeah, I, li- I lived in London from 2012 to 2015, I think. So the show that I saw, mm. the main thing that I remember was that you were some kind of weird guru, maybe a business guru. Uh-huh. <laughs> And um, and it was sort of like, I would describe the tone, it was a tone piece, let's say. <laughs> it was maybe like if if Tim and Eric were more genial, maybe. <laughs> it was still very upsetting. But <laughs> That was often one of my aims to be upsetting. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, <laughs> I, I saw that, sh- and you had been like acclaimed at the festival, you know, you were, do- you were doing great at that festival. Mm-hmm. But I remember seeing that show and thinking, where do you take this? Like, yeah. What, <laughs> where, like the, everyone else at, at that festival, like at the time, I don't know if it's still the case, but like England was in this huge stand-up comedy boom. So if you could put together a decent hour to put up there, yeah. you could tour and make big money playing, you know, uh, thousand seat community centers in Leeds it's all true. year long. Yeah. And I saw you doing this weird thing in like a black turtleneck in front of space lights or something. I wonder if you saw the show about soil erosion or the one where I had um, like a rear projection screen and a scrim in front of me. So I was inside the projection. <laughs> which Do you remember which one that was? Those both sound right. I was so. wearing a turtleneck in one and in the other. I was wearing black shorts and a black T-shirt. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. uh, you well, know. So what? Uh, what were you thinking you were doing? What was your plan there? Well, I just wanted to like make funny shows and like, you know, I, I'd always wanted to do comedy. I'd been in a sketch group with like two of two friends in Sydney, Australia, and then they wanted to not do it anymore because one of them wanted to be like a serious actor and one of them wanted to be like a playwright. And I just wanted to like keep doing comedy but I didn't want to be a stand-up. That did not appeal to me at all. Um, so I was like, well, I guess I could keep doing shows. And it was like very terrifying when I did my first solo show. But I was like, I guess it's just what I think is going to be funny in a room for an hour. And it's like what to me it would be like worth making people be in a room for an hour for because that's a very long time to watch something. Uh, I have a vague feeling that – Maybe Maria Bamford and Greg Barron and Arge Barker are famous in Australia. Besides, it's, true. <laughs> it's great because they're all wonderful. Just that's three of the best, and I'm so glad they're famous in Australia. Uh, three, three American comics. Um, besides that, and Yahoo Serious, I don't have a strong understanding of what's going on in Australia. In the Australian comedy world, yeah. Well, that was the weird. That's a kind of the weird thing about it, where it's like. It's there's no like huge stand up scene like there is in the in London or the UK or New York, but there is uh, the Melbourne Comedy Festival and the Adelaide Fringe Festival. So it's kind of like a very it's very possible to like get started 
doing festival shows, which is actually probably why my show, like that is why I was doing what I was doing, where I was writing a new hour long show every year. And I wasn't, I like wasn't thinking about touring. I was just always like, what is to me the funnest thing you can do in like a 100 seat room for every day for a month? But what did you think you could achieve in England that you couldn't in Australia? Well, there just were tons more opportunities because I started to do Edinburgh before I moved to England. And there were always like people who wanted to like, you know, develop things or like be my agent <laughs> and stuff like that. Whereas like the, I had an agent in Australia, but like the Australian television back then was like there was almost nothing to do there. And there isn't that much to do there now. There's a little bit more because they've got Netflix and all, you know, there are streamers and stuff like that. But there were very, very um, deeply limited opportunities. But like, I always just wanted to like, you know, be in and make TV and movies, but I didn't want to like be an actor. I didn't want to like go to auditions and that didn't, like, I didn't want to go to drama school. That seemed really, um, horrible to me (laughs) so I was like well I'll do comedy but also I don't want to do stand-up and you know eventually it worked out more with Claudia O'Doherty after the break stay with us it's Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR it's Bullseye I'm Jesse Thorne I'm talking with Claudia O'Doherty She's a writer, stand-up comic, and actor who's worked with, among others, Amy Schumer and Will Forte, and was a regular on the Netflix comedy Love. On the new sitcom Killing It, she stars alongside Craig Robinson as Jillian, a deranged, snake-obsessed, app-based car driver. You can catch the show's entire first season right now on Peacock. Let's get back into our interview. When you moved to the United States, was it directly because you had gotten the job on Love? Yes. That's true. <laughs> what, what was like the what was like the phone call that you got or whatever? I had come over and I sort of like had some. I'd done train wreck already, but I was still living in my share house in England, so it was full of mice, and our landlords wouldn't get rid of the mice for about eight months, which is tough for me because I'm really scared of mice. Um, there was so how when, many mice are we talking about? Well, there was one day where like the poison that the landlords had put, which was like a powder that just like scattered across the floor, it like kicked in. And when you poison mice and rats, they go crazy because they want water. That's what the poison does to them. And when they drink water, their insides explode or something like that. Then they die. So there was like a day where all of my roommates were out and it was raining really heavily outside. And I was waiting to be picked up for a job. So I like couldn't leave. And I had dropped my phone in the toilet. So I had um, a burner phone, like a little, like, you know, so with like two people's phone numbers in it. And um, <laughs> the poison kicked in and suddenly there were mice <laughs> everywhere. That sounds like horrible torture. Yeah, it was a really bad. So so you were surrounded by insane mice and you got yeah. a call from uh, Judd Apatow or whatever. Oh, right. So I had been living in that house. I When I did Trainwreck, like on my last day, on, I shot on that movie for like three days. And then Judd said to me like, hey, like I was in the makeup trailer, I think. And he was like, hey, we're doing a show set in L.A. Um, about relationships 
you should be in it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, not thinking that was true at all, that any of that would actually happen. And then um, my manager said it was true, but then I went back to England for like months and then I went back to Australia and I was, you know, at, for the Christmas holidays and I was just like, surely none of that's happening. I also had no money. So I was just like, that would all be great, but I can't believe that's true. And then I was like on my way to on like a little vacation to a, a shack in the bush is what we call it. Um, and I got a call, had bad reception. And then my manager was like, the deal's gone through. It's happening. Uh, you're going to America. How? <laughs> <laughs> Great news, Did five I give all. way too much detail to that story? <laughs> yeah. I was five all in this scenario. How much how much warning did you have? I had I think I had like a few months warning. So I went back to London, recorded um like a a sketch show pilot with all my friends who are all the people from Stathlet's Flats. Have you seen that show? Yeah, that's a very really funny show. Incredibly it's very, very funny. intense, though. <laughs> it is really funny. Um, and so we recorded this sketch show pilot that obviously did not get made. And then I, like, left the next day. So it was, like, early. Yeah, it was a couple of months after I found out, I guess. What things were, like, different or overwhelming or a big adjustment to you when you moved to Los Angeles? Um, I did uh, too many cars. <laughs> the traffic was, you know, that. But actually it was really nice because I had lived in London and I went from having like no money to some money. So that's like a fun improvement. Everyone would agree. Um, and also I had not realized that I missed sunshine because I'm from Sydney, Australia. So it was like, oh my God, it's warm. This is incredible. And I have a really nice job and there's nice people it was all pretty good, actually. Did What was it like for you to like always enter the room as an Australian person? It's kind of good. It makes it gives you a thing, you know? <laughs> Besides just the turtlenecks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, uh, yeah, and it continues to be my thing. I'm Australian. Have you auditioned for anything where you're supposed to speak with an American accent? I definitely have. But it's possible I've, like, wiped them all from my brain. Often, like, I'm just like, can I just do it in my own accent? I mean, even with this show, Killing It, that we will be talking about soon, I imagine. Like, I was, when I heard about it, I was, like, so uh, desperate to audition for it. But I had a terrible feeling that they would want me to do an American accent, which would almost definitely count me out of the role because I don't think people want to hear a bad American accent. Although, here's my question for you as an American. I'm often seeing Australians and stuff, and I'm like, that's a really bad accent. But you guys don't seem to care, or you do care? I think on the whole, of all the groups <laughs> of non-American people doing American accents yeah. in film and television, of which there are innumerable ones, yeah. because we control the purse strings of the world's it's entertainment true. industry. Um I would say Australians are are have a comfortable lead as the best among them. That's nice. Like the, you, there's a lot of English people are worse, right? Just dramatically, yes, significantly <laughs> so. Yeah, like there's just a whole world of um, uh, my my friend Jordan does a lot of answering the phone as Liam Neeson 
in okay, great. in one yeah. of those movies Taken, where he goes like, "Yes, R, oh, ah." Oh, is oh. he speaking in an American accent in those movies? Yeah. Oh. I'm from Brooklyn. That's what Jordan <laughs> says, <laughs> stealing his bit completely. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there's a lot of either that or that kind of like Monty Python game show host voice. But hello, in a dramatic, how but, are you? That we kind are of thing. here. Here we are. Yeah. I'm Jesse Thorne. I can't say the that note. I can't do it. Well, I'm glad that we got to hear your audition voice because I was about to make that's you the, do it. That's the I audition voice I do. But I would also like to point out if there's any like really high-powered filmmakers listening to this episode, I could totally do an American accent if I really needed to. And we could hire an accent coach. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. And also, like sometimes people aren't like great at it. It doesn't matter. Who cares? So... You said you were desperate to get a part on Killing It. That's because you have always wanted to do a snake contest show? Yeah. <laughs> That's, no. Well, I actually have worked with snakes before. So Worked I, for snakes? With snakes. Okay. You know, I, if anything, the snakes were working for me. Uh-huh. Um, and But... <laughs> Yeah, anything with snakes I want to be involved in. I'm excited to hear more about this. I mean, we were talking before uh, we came into the studio, and I was saying that one of the I've only seen a rough cut of the pilot so far. That's, yes, that's but all that's there is. More as we than I've this. seen. Well, it's what one of the things that really impressed me about it was how uh, lived in and natural and funny this world was. When in the pilot, they had to do the work of establishing why Craig Robinson's character wants to enter a snake killing contest uh-huh. to get $20,000. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a lot of concept. It's a lot of work. For a naturalistic, a relatively naturalistic uh comedy. <laughs> totally. But you think we did it? Yeah, I that's thought it was great. fantastic. I thought it was great. I am so thrilled to hear that. So how how did you hear about this snake show and in all sincerity like what led you to be desperate? I, well, my friend texted me, my friend Max Silvestri, who's a stand-up and a writer, and he was a writer on the show. And he, and this was like months before I auditioned. And he was like, hey, are you like available at the end of the year? You know, um, we're doing, I'm writing this show. It's Luke Del Tredici and Dan Gore, the Brooklyn Nine-Nine guys, starring Craig Robinson it's set in, you know, it's set in Florida and it's like about a snake hunt. And this character, you know, that we're talking about is this like very optimistic Uber driver. And I was like, I should do that. Like, I was like, that all sounds like great stuff I definitely want to do. And I, and I was technically unavailable, but I was like, I would be available for this. And so I was like, yes, please, that's what I want to do. And then I um, kept telling my manager that I wanted to do it. And he was kind of like, all right, because I think that was actually kind of a long shot that it would be me doing this part. They would probably get someone more famous to do it and American. Um, But, uh, you know, so we're organizing this other work for the end of the year. And I kept being like, but, you know, I want to do killing it. And he was like, okay, because I think they were contemplating giving it to much more famous people. You are often asked to play foolishly optimistic (laughs) people. Uh Uh-huh. Or foolishly rosy people. Yes. Um, Do you ever feel concern about how that reflects on you as a real human being? I think it reflects kind of well on me as a human being. Because actually, like, my instinct when I write, you know, I just think, 
when I write stuff for myself, like when I was doing those Edinburgh shows, I guess my, um, you know, I'd always play an idiot. That was what I was doing, but often kind of a slightly meaner idiot. You know, I think nice idiots and mean idiots, those are like, to me, the two funny kinds of people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's um, fair. And so I think when I would write stuff for myself, I was always writing myself as like a mean idiot. And when I actually got the part on Love, they were like, oh, we've got this character. It's Gillian's best friend. She's kind of like this cool, like dry character. And I was like, I have no idea how to make that funny. And then they were like, but if you've got any ideas for a character, bring it in and we'll talk about it. And so I said, like, the idea I came up with, <laughs> well, I was told absolutely just not tell them. <laughs> because I was like, because uh, I knew that there was like a TV show within that show that Paul's character was a uh, like an onset tutor for. And there were kids in that show. So I was like, what if, because I'm like five foot two, I was like, what if I play the little boy's stand in? Because <laughs> I just thought that would be really funny. <laughs> And my manager was like, don't tell them that. They're off, They're trying to get you to play a much bigger part on the show. <laughs> and I was like, but that would be funny if I'm a, a little boy standing. Um, and then when I came in, I think I was, you know, being really friendly because I was terrified and trying to make them like me. And they were like, oh, no, we don't want to do the standing character. We're going to make you a, a very friendly idiot. And that's, I guess that's where it all started. So the the show that the show that I saw you in where it was the first time I saw you you your character had this uh level of broad smiling um <laughs> but, but it was it was clearly like somewhere between disingenuous and evil. Uh-huh, right. Yeah. Um and I think that I as a human person um struggle to -hmm. believe that others could be happy (laughs) or actually nice to me (laughs) oh wow okay are you okay (laughs) no of course not (laughs) no i'm barely hanging on at any given moment yeah sure um but i so i wonder if you have interrogated your own friendliness Mm -hmm. and (laughs) And ask yourself, am I friendly because I'm happy or friendly because I'm running from something? Right. Well, I don't even know that in real life I'm that friendly. To be honest, I'm not. I okay. mean, I mean I'm mean, i not mean, but I'm, um, hmm, hmm. I, I can be sort of like fairly judgmental and uh, removed. I was worried with the, when you came on my comedy show years ago. Yeah. My reaction when I like got home uh, to my wife was like, Claudio Doherty was so funny. I think maybe she hates us. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) See? I truly couldn't tell. I couldn't tell if you were being nice or if you hated us. Oh, my God. That's scary. I don't hate you. Didn't didn't hate you. Um, Sorry for making you feel that way. But that proves what I'm saying, which is like, I think also just like when you're a little woman, which is what I am. People come at you pretty hard. So so you kind of have to put some walls up. So actually, I'm not that I'm not that friendly in real life. Okay. Yeah, but somehow that's become my shtick, I guess. It's okay to have a shtick. You're really great at it. That's so nice. Thank you. Well, yeah. Cool. <laughs>
are you comfortable with the idea that um, you live in a foreign country now and that's probably where your career lives? No, <laughs> I'm not really. I mean, definitely going back for the bulk of the um, initiation of the pandemic, Australia is a really nice country to live in. It's also very much, um, uh, you know, it suffers at the hands of climate change pretty um, immediately. Bushfires, very flooded at the moment. Um, but Australia is really nice. It's where my family is. And I was kind of like, maybe it's time to come on back to Australia. And then I got a, a different job, which sort of brought me back to America. Also, I had left my life pretty suddenly here. And I have like an apartment that I rent here that I'd sublet. And I was kind of like, well, I'll go back for a little bit, do this job, see what happens. And then I got the job on Killing It, um, which does kind of feel like it puts me here. But who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But yeah, I'm more scared of America now. Than before? I think, no, well, no, I was always scared of America, but um, just like, kind of like, I'm like, how long can I spend in America? You tell me, Jesse. What part of it are you scared of? Um, just how far away it is from my family. I like going to the beach. I know you've got the beach in Los Angeles, but it's a whole different thing. We have bushfires too, if that helps. Yeah. I don't, I don't I'm not happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> I should be avoiding the sort of, you know, natural disasters that I would naturally get in Sydney. Is most of your fear about America based on not fitting in or feeling <laughs> like you're your career could end or just being, you know, relatively alone because you're far from your family? Mm, okay. Well, a very deep question. Actually, I feel like my my career is much healthier in America. And I'm right about that. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I sort of don't really have a career in Australia. So it's a tricky thing of like, well, where do you live when your work is in one place? Um, what is my fear of America based on? What do you think, man? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> you know, all the stuff you guys have going on. I but I'm so happy to be here. And baseball or it's the ba the I'm so scared of baseball. Yeah. Look, I'm not really that scared of America, but you know, it's a terrifying time in the world. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you think that that's better in Australia? Well, certainly like you guys are going to get nuked before Australia does, even if it's like only a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll have that few days to make peace with your God. Well, to so. feel really scared. <laughs> yeah. We're just, Australia's just so far away from everything. So you're kind of like, we're really, that's a different feeling in America. Are there cultural things about Australia that you miss when you're in the States? I don't know if the, not really. I mean, like we're much more sarcastic. Um, we're much less earnest. Uh, but you know, that's it's fine. I don't worry. It doesn't worry me that everyone here is a lot more earnest. It's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> you were gonna say it was kind of sweet or something. <laughs> that's really funny. Separates me from. Everyone else. You really are as judgmental as they say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would think that there's a lot of room here 
to be weird. Sure. Simply just as a function of like scale, right? Like in the entertainment industry, yeah. there's so much different stuff going on that there's oh, more room to be weird. Absolutely. I mean, as I said, there's like an actual industry here. That is like a, hu- a huge difference. That's really what's keeping me here right now is like jobs, actual jobs. When you go back. So like I'm from San Francisco and I live in Los Angeles, right? Yeah. And every day that I live in Los Angeles, which is a, one of the great cities of the world. Yes. I I miss San Francisco. Uh-huh. Lucky to grow up somewhere that I really love. Yeah, that's really nice. But also when I go home to San Francisco to visit my mom or or my brothers, um, you know, it's not the place that lives inside me. In. Yeah. yeah. It's a different place. Yeah. No, like, Sydney's the same. Yeah. <laughs> so like when you go home, to what extent do you do you feel like, oh, I'm home? And to what extent do you feel like, wow, I, I let you can't go home again? I know. I kind of feel like you can go home again. I, I, di- I went home again. I sort of re-entered my teen years for a year and a half from 2020 through to mid-2021, although I did nearly get attacked by a shark. But um, it, yeah, you can, you, I can go home again. My parents still live in the same house. They'll never move. Uh <laughs> Do you mean that when you were a teenager, you nearly got attacked by a shark or just recently? Oh, just recently in okay. May in May of 2021. And I didn't really nearly get attacked by a shark, but I did accidentally swim into a nest of sharks. Okay. So what, what kind of sharks are we talking about here? I think they were dusky whaler sharks. Yeah. They've bitten people before, but not really killed. I maybe killed one person. I obviously Googled extensively once right. I had accidentally found myself. What are they more into biting, whales? I don't know. You would is that why a shark is called a whaler? I mean, that was my guess. I don't think they play hockey in Hartford. They're not gigantic, but they're definitely a classic shark. So you'll see it, and your brain goes, "Uh oh." They and they have <laughs> nests in Australia. Well, it was I was swimming at Shelley Beach, which is this great beach. It's like a marine reserve. People love to snorkel and scuba dive there, and so and there's so much sea life there. I love snorkeling. And it was May and it was like weirdly hot because of climate change, I guess. So my friends and I went, because that's sort of getting into winter in Australia. And we were like, let's go for one snorkel. And we did. And I just like, I went out, I guess, kind of far. And I was like, what's that? That's a shark. Okay. I'm going to turn around to go to swim back in. And then I was like, that's another shark and another shark. And if anything, there were just more and more sharks, the the more I swam. And then I Googled it. And in May, it becomes like a nursery for dusky whalers. So that's why there were just tons of sharks. Do they have like... Fins? I mean, I presume they had fins, (laughs) but I mean... (laughs) <laughs> were they? I'm doing it for the yeah. listener. I'm doing a fin hand gesture. A classic gesture. Jaws style yeah. hand gesture. Yeah, they look like, as I said, they look like sharks. So your brain gets scared. But, <laughs> but I was, I just was like, I just got to keep swimming. But it was also kind of like a little bit murky. It had rained recently. And I was like, and it was like late in the afternoon. So I was like, this is when people get bitten. Low visibility. I'm screwed. But that's fine. Do you think there's a metaphor there? Nope. Um, What would it be? Fair enough. Do you? I don't know. Something about swimming with sharks? Just keep swimming. Just throwing that out there. (laughs) Just keep keep swimming. 
just keep breathing. Uh, no, I could try not to look like a seal. Yeah, try not to look like a seal. Try not to completely freak out. I mean, I did freak out for a second and started like swimming as fast as I could. And I realized that was actually way slower than very calmly swimming and breathing through my snorkel than doing like a manic freestyle that was very thrashy. Yeah, <laughs> so that's a good lesson. We'll finish up with Claudia O'Doherty in just a minute. When we return, Claudia will reveal to me what the Australian term for slide is, like the the kind of slide that you go down at a playground. Uh, It broke my brain, and it will probably break yours too. You have been warned. little something called intercultural exchange. It's Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. I'm talking with Claudia O'Doherty. The actor and comedian is starring on the new Peacock sitcom, Killing It. Let's get back into our interview. What do you love about America? Wow. (laughs) Well, I mean, having a job. I do really love that. And like getting to work with people I find like really funny and really exciting. And for there to be like, just like a healthy industry that I get to participate in. I do really love that. And I love hamburgers. Are you just adding that on to the end because you realize that what you just described is not like something that's endemic to America (laughs) or like reflective of the quality of our nation, but rather just purely practical? Well, Well, I'm just giving you like a true, a super true answer. I've also got like lots of really nice friends here. And I love seeing them and getting to hang out with them. And you've got great food, but that's hamburgers. Yeah. Are you sincere about hamburgers? Yeah, I love a smash burger. Yeah, smash burgers are really good. That's like a really, I was, I love all kinds of burgers, but those, the smash burgers, the ones with a lot of browning. Yeah, those crispy, yeah, they're the best because they're also literally can fit in your mouth easily. In Australia, the classic like, um, sort of roadside burger is like insanely tall in in the same way that maybe a New York deli sandwich is like a, just a joke. You can't put it in your mouth. What's the point? Yeah. But like so the Australian burger has like a beetroot, pineapple, an egg, and it's just can't, <laughs> and it's so much juice coming out of the beetroot that the, the bread like disintegrates. It's no, there's no point. I feel like you just described like a breakfast you would buy for a baby at a natural <laughs> food store. Well, don't forget uh, don't, the, what is like, a beetroot? The beef patty. What do you mean? What's a beetroot? You know it. Oh, beets. Oh, it's a beet. Yeah, sliced tinned beets. There's beets on Australian hamburgers? burgers. Yeah, in and Australia? like a tinned beet is pretty like soft and sweet. It doesn't. It's not crazy. I mean, it absolutely 100 percent is crazy. <laughs> it's like ketchup in vegetable form. A canned beet. Yeah, canned beets absolutely go on Australian burgers. And an egg. Yeah. I mean, the egg, we have that. Don't forget sometimes pineapple. With, so all three of them together or one of each one? Often bacon as well, all together. Well, beef, I would think, would be taken as red. Yeah. It wouldn't be much of a burger if there weren't a beef patty in there. Uh huh. (laughs) So. I'm sorry that the interview has become about this now. No, I'm happy to talk burgers. It's a, it's a beef patty. <laughs> yeah, and then a piece of beet. Yeah, canned beet. Yeah, that kind of soft, 
is it like a sweetened, like a, is it like a pickled beet kind of thing? It's definitely like sweeter than an uncanned beet. So I right. imagine there is a light pickling okay. happening. Yeah. And, and then the egg? Yeah. And there's like a fried egg? It's a fried egg, yeah. Is it fried hard or soft? soft? Yeah. Okay. And then there's a piece of pineapple? Pineapple, tomato, which I'm saying right. in a lightly American accent, so you understand what I'm saying. So I would say tomato. Yes, tomato. Uh, tomato. Would you like a tomato? Would you like tomato on that? Um, so tomato, lettuce, like bad shredded lettuce. That's the best kind And of often butter. some like half, like bacon that's like crispy, but also flabby. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. not a kind, but I... You know, that's how it's cooked. You know, it. where it's like... You know, it's been on like the big flat grill. What do you call that? A griddle? Yeah, a griddle. But it's no, doesn't a griddle have a like lines top? on it? A flat, flat top. top. Yeah, it's been on the flat top. So it's like, it's cooked, but it's not cooked that great. Are there other things about Australia that are that mental that <laughs> I as an American don't know that I should know about <laughs> in case I ever visit? Probably. I mean, you you guys don't have... We call things, we give things like very cute names. Like, what do you call the thing in the park that you slide down? A, I would call that a slide. We call it a slippery dip. <laughs> <laughs> that rules. Yeah. Oh my God, is that rule? <laughs> nice. Is that. Is there a president of the United Nations? Because I vote for Australia now. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> slippery dip? Yes. Are there other things like slippery dip? I mean, there probably are, but I just think they're normal names. Right. You know what I mean? Just because all names are We could just go through a list of objects and I could tell you what the Australian equivalent is. Just American name. You don't even know that it's... You just think all American names are disappointing. Well, they're just very straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Claudia, it's been a joy to talk to you. Uh, congratulations on the show. And uh, I'm so happy for all your success here. I hope you stay here and keep working for a long time so I can continue to enjoy your work. That's so nice. Thank you. You sort of have a threatening look on your face while <laughs> you're don't. saying that. <laughs> it's just sincerity, Claudia. I really mean it. Oh, it's that American sincerity yeah. that I was talking about. Yeah. Um, thank you that so much. Thank you that so much. That's so nice. Thank you so much for having me. Claudia O'Doherty. She's fantastic on Killing It, which is really funny. It's streaming now on Peacock. She is also a great stand-up. And if you don't believe me, just go on the internet and basically watch any video she's ever made, uh, you know, on YouTube or whatever. You won't regret it. Claudia is so funny. That's the end of another episode of Bullseye. Bullseye created from the homes of me and the staff of Maximum Fun in and around greater Los Angeles, California. You know, there's a light on the porch outside uh, my home office here. And uh, there's been a little birdie hanging out over there. It's pretty nice. I mean, I'm not like a full-on bird guy now, but I wish the bird the best. Our show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our senior producer is Kevin Ferguson. Our producers, Jesus Ambrosio and Richard Roby. Our production fellow at Maximum Fun is Tabitha Myers. We get booking help from Mara Davis. Our interstitial music is by Dan Wally, who's also known as DJW. Our theme music is by The Go Team. It's called Huddle Formation. Thanks to The Go Team for sharing it with us and to their label, Memphis Industries Records. 
Uh, Go team, great band. It's from a great record. Check them out. Bullseye also on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Find us there. Give us a follow. We'll share with you all of our interviews. And I think that's about it. Just remember, all great radio hosts have a signature sign-off. Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR.